I was going up hills every single day for 50 days. There was never a moment I wasn't, you know, chug-a-lugging up a hill. I'd scream at the heavens. I would literally scream out loud, ah, just like, just get it out. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. We all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. And hello, everyone. Jason Dennis here, and uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to the Run the Race podcast. We are now at episode number 40, so it's uh, been great that we've lasted this long and we're going to continue trucking along, talking about faith and fitness on a weekly basis with some uh, uh, really outstanding guests. And uh, especially this episode, we have yoga teacher and avid bicyclist Charlotte Gallagher, who just got back from a more than 3,000-mile journey from uh, Portland, Oregon, back to home here, Columbus, Georgia, uh, through a dozen states over the course of 82 days, raising more than $3,000 for uh, several different nonprofits uh, affecting children and and uh, sex trafficking and uh, helping to bring awareness to soldier suicide. So uh, she did a great work, and it was a great conversation with her about uh, about yoga and the misperceptions of that and how it helps you with fitness and stretching, flexibility, breathing, stress, anxiety, all those kind of things. And she talks about uh, her just unbelievable uh, uh, bike ride across America and uh, has some great tips for you. And, in fact, uh, she recently posted something about that. And uh, and she kind of gave it by the numbers. She said her gear weight was about 35 pounds. She had one flat tire, four uh, bike repairs. She hitchhiked 19 times, spent about 16 to 18 nights with hotels, hostels, or with warm showers with hosts or friends or family. She uh, uh, had four days without showering, had about 15 dogs chase her over the course of those three months. She saw one bear, four moose, one raccoon, and rode on two interstates. In terms of the number of times she smiled and cried, she said that was a lot, and she uh, had too many to count of road angels, donors, and supporters. So uh, looking forward to hearing from uh, Charlotte Gallagher about that great adventure. And uh, I have uh, done yoga in the past. I try to do that about once a week or at least two or three times a month. It's great uh, uh, help. I would recommend that for anyone, men and women, uh, just to help you with uh, just relaxation and stress and just if you're a runner or anything like that. And I'm not necessarily an avid bicyclist. I haven't spent thousands of dollars on a bike, but I am an avid runner, as many of you know that listen to this podcast. And I just recently, over the weekend, as I'm recording this, I ran my first 50K. And I did fail at that back in July at an endurance race in Indiana because it was uh, temperatures in the uh, heat index of the triple digits. So that was very difficult. But this was uh, kind of a unique one with friends. So there was about 20 of us that gathered on a Sunday morning, and we ran from a, a town called Smith Station, Alabama, all the way to Opelika, Alabama, with a route, a bunch of turns, celebrating uh, one person's 50th birthday and another person's birthday as well. And and uh, it was uh, split up in legs of about four or five miles each, and we had about four aid vehicles, and so those vehicles would stop. And you every four or five miles, you could stop and take a, a break and drink and eat whatever you wanted, whatever you put in those trucks and those cars. And if you didn't want to run that next leg, you just hopped in the car. So there was about seven of us out of the 20-some that ended up running the entire 50K, which was 31.1 plus miles. And so it was great to do that as a community together and lots of hills. So we walked those, which I highly recommend if you're running uh, to, to walk the hills for sure. So uh, again, our, our conversation is with somebody who loves to run as well and now loves to bike. Charlotte Gallagher, uh, she's a 35-year-old uh, military wife. She is married to an Army warrant officer at Fort Benning and moved to Columbus because of him. She has her bachelor's in arts degree in print journalism and business from the University of South Alabama. She's a registered yoga teacher at River Flow Yoga in Columbus, Georgia. Also, SUP yoga teacher, that's S-U-P, and owner of SUP Y'all Yoga at the Chattahoochee Paddle Company. Again, this is in the uh, um, West Georgia area here. 
And uh, she has taught yoga since 2013 for people all levels, all ages, um, in studios, at a retirement community, at the YMCA, Fort Benning, and, and at various events. And uh, she worked for a year and a half at a local running store, Big Dog Fleet Feet, as their social media coordinator. She's had some great adventures in life, uh, run the uh, Honolulu Marathon, taught English as a second language in Mexico and also Taiwan, volunteering for Hurricane Cleanup in St. Thomas, and uh, was part of a running retreat in Moab, Utah. And here's what Charlotte told me about the uh, great adventure across the USA on her bike. I'd like to welcome uh, Charlotte Gallagher to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Your, your first podcast, right? My first podcast. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> well, this was also your first time uh, riding a bicycle across America. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe the last time as well. So um, first of all, I want to talk to you about that adventure because, um, you know, uh, I guess the, the first question is, why do something like this? Because, I mean, this is 3,000 plus miles and you were not somebody that was maybe super experienced on a bicycle. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you want to yeah. do it? Um, I actually looked into it about two years ago, and I didn't get into bike, bicycling, cycling, until I moved to Columbus because of the Riverwalk. And I would ride my bike down to Fort Benning, just casually, like 20 miles, no speeding, anything. And But the more I did it, I just realized I had this sense of freedom, I felt. And I'll never forget the day I I was like, I think I passed the waterworks and I just thought, man, I love this feeling. Like, what if I did this every day? What if I did this across the country? So I just started researching and Googling and noticing that, oh, people do this. This is a thing. (laughs) It's kind of like ultra running. Like I'd never heard of ultra running till I heard of run across Georgia. And the first time I heard about that, I was like, that, that's crazy. Why would someone do that? <laughs> and then when you get into the world and you start realizing, oh, this is possible, I was very intrigued. Um, so I wrote it in my journal and I told myself, I'm going to do this one day. This would be such an amazing challenge and goal to complete for myself for self-growth to see the United States in a different way. And I love traveling. I grew up traveling a lot and I love seeing new places and going on adventures and I knew I could do it. It was something I was like, no, this is possible. Like I could actually complete this. Um, and I told myself, okay, I'm going to do this. And then when COVID hit, I, a little voice in my head just said, oh, you should do it now. Yeah. This, should, this is your, 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 your door is open for this. Correct. Yeah. I just had this window of opportunity. Um, and I thought about it for like two months, like April, May. I was like, I should do it. I should do it. And then May or June first, I said I'm doing it. Wow! And I literally got ready in like three weeks. Man, <laughs> and you just finished uh, the, in the last week or two, so still recovering, I'm sure. Yes. So give me kind of a, a recap because uh, I know there's um, some numbers involved in terms of how many miles you went, how many days it took, and all kinds of other things. I'm sure you, a lot of uh, a lot of laughter and yelling and and tears and smiles along the way, right? Yes, it was 3,018 miles in 82 days. Um, I had about 12-ish rest days, so I guess I did it in, what, 70 yeah. days. Um, I wanted to do 3,000 miles, so I knew I was going to do 1,000 miles per month and then raise $1,000 per nonprofit for each organization I chose. So another reason I did it was hopefully to inspire others, you know, to go out there and pursue their dreams um, and just to invoke this sense of freedom and peace and just all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. Um, we need that, you know, I know they said like, Oh, stay indoors, stay indoors. But to me, it was more like, no, we should be outdoors. Like we should be in space and breathing and seeing this world. And, um, I just hope I inspired others to go out there and do that. And you were mostly self-supported except for maybe strangers giving you a place to stay or something to eat, right? Correct. Wow. So what was that like? I mean, seeing going across America, you know, you never know how you're going to get treated and, and, and being a, a solo female, you know, I don't know if you're concerned about safety at all, but what, what were your, how, what were your, was your reception I guess, as you went from Portland, Oregon back to Columbus, Georgia? Yeah. Um, because I've traveled a lot, um, like hitchhiking doesn't bother me. I hitchhiked 19 times during this trip actually <laughs> because of construction, Wind, wind was my worst enemy. 
um, and um, the roads, like the roads were just bad. So I, I can't say that I was never scared. Like there was definitely like the first two weeks, I was a little on edge, mainly because of like adrenaline, excitement, sleeping in a tent by myself was new. Um, I had just learned to backpack actually last fall with Wild. It's a nonprofit here in Columbus. They taught me how to pack a bag efficiently, lightly, and I went on two camping trips with them. That was the only camping I've ever done. <laughs> so now I'm trying to camp in a tent or sleep in a tent by myself. Um, so I was definitely like a little like, ooh, you know, but it was interesting throughout the three months I was gone, I could feel the tension just like just yeah. dropping from my shoulders and my chest, the more comfortable I got with it. Building confidence. Correct. Yeah. The first two weeks were definitely like this learning curve. Um, and what I also realized was all the fears I had were just in my own head. I never once came across a human being that who made me feel like my life was in danger. It was more what I was making up in my own head of what if this happens? What if that happens? And of course, that happens in our daily life all the time, right? Um, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Um, and I think it's important to know that I grew up with anxiety. Um, I grew up with awful anxiety attacks, um, panic attacks that sent me to the hospital. And it just really affected my quality of life until I found running and yoga. And that totally flipped the switch for me. So everything I've learned the past maybe 15 years of my life, the work I've done, on myself got me ready to do this. Yeah. There's no way I could have, I was strong enough to do this in my twenties mentally. <laughs> um, but I felt very safe and I felt so grateful and awestruck at the amount of kindness people did for me. I'd get free meals. I got free places to stay. Um, people would just donate money to me. Like here's $10 for, Micah's promise, or here's 50 bucks for your organization for boys and girls club. And then I'll probably never see him again. Mm -hmm. And it just shows that there's so much kindness out there. People see you doing this amazing thing. They're like, Oh, tell us about what you're doing. Like they want to help you. Um, and I really think that if every person, if you have a dream out there and you just ask people for support and they see your passion, they see that you're serious about it, they're going to help you. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about the mental health aspect and anxiety because a lot of people, something that we don't talk about often enough. I want to talk about that in a little bit, uh, but also wanted to kind of tackle your experience over the course of that, you know, 80 something days. Was, uh, was it uh, exhausting mentally and physically? Were you um, happy, sad? I mean, what was it like, you know, for you kind of doing all that biking? Because I think you said you were averaging 30 to 60 miles a day and maybe getting some sleep along the way as well. But how do you, how did your body react to all that? Yeah. Um, it was every emotion possible for sure. It was a roller coaster. Um, like I said, I was, whenever I went up a lot of Hills, I mean, I was going up a Hill, I was going up Hills every single day for 50 days. There was never a moment I wasn't, you know, chug-a-lugging up a Hill. I'd scream at the heavens. I would literally scream out loud. Ah! Just like, just get it out, get it out. And then knowing, okay, there's a downhill, there's a downhill, like, and then you go downhill and it feels amazing. Um, I cried a lot, cried a lot, but knowing this is temporary, this is temporary. And we say that in yoga a lot, like this too shall pass. This is temporary. So I had to keep telling myself that, um, a good cry I had was at I'll never forget it. It was at massacre rock state park. Um, it was in Idaho and it's, it was in the desert, kind of, um, it was a desert and it was the first time I got to really like camp underneath the stars. And I remember looking up and it makes me want to cry right now. And I could see the stars so clearly, you know, here we have all these artificial lights, but out in the West, there's not many. So you can just see the Milky way. You can see the sky clearly. And I started crying. It was a good cry. It was this cry of like thinking how we're all made of stardust energy, I started talking to God, which honestly, I don't do that often, but I found myself just thanking him. Thank you for getting me this far. And it was a very emotional moment for me, knowing I had made it at that point. I guess I was almost at a thousand miles or getting there. Um, you know, cause there was moments I was like, I could get on a plane right now. Like I, I could go home right now, <laughs> but let me just go a little further. Yeah. That's yeah. what would go on in my head. Let me just see, let me see what's around this corner. Let me just keep going. 
And just that thought itself of taking the pressure off of knowing, Charlotte, this is a big deal what you're doing, but it's also not a big deal. You don't have to take it seriously. Yeah. Like just have fun with it. And taking it one mile, one hill, one day at a time. And, and that's an old cliche, but I mean, I guess you kind of, if you look at the big picture, you're kind of like, it's, it's daunting, I'm sure. For sure. And that was, it really was day by day. Um, the question I would get a lot is, how are you doing this? How are you figuring out where to sleep? Um, logistically, Google Maps. <laughs> Google Maps. Every evening, uh, every morning, I would research where am I going, point A to point B. Then I would look what campgrounds were along the way or hotels. Um, and that's how I did it. Wow. And it was literally by the seat of my pants, like a lot. And a great way to, like you said, travel and see the world. Because I'm sure you saw some some beautiful scenery that, that uh, you've I mean, never had a chance to go to some of these states maybe before. Correct. Yeah, I'd never been to Oregon. Um, I'd never been to Wyoming, Colorado, Kansas, um, Missouri, Arkansas. So I saw a lot of things I'd never seen before. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, well, congratulations on getting it done. I'm, I'm sure uh, you were maybe uh, happy, relieved to be back, right, and not have to get on that bicycle anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I've only been on it twice in the last week. Um, it feels. It definitely feels still weird, I guess, not getting up and doing it. Um I would do it again, though. I would totally do this again. Oh, you can go go back the other direction, maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would love to do it probably with people next time. Yeah. Um, less weight. Right. <laughs> and actually on a bike path, because if you, I mean, you can do your own research, like look up the Adventure Cycling Association. There's the Northern Tier, Transamerica Trail, and the Southern Tier. And they will send you maps and actually tell you like road by road where to turn for a cyclist and where to stay. So I met other cyclists along the way who that's what they were using were these maps. And I could tell that made their life a lot easier. Whereas I was just like (laughs) seeing what happened every day. Um, Yours was definitely an adventure. It was. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, I want to get to know you a little bit because every uh, time on the podcast, we have a a guest and we do the fast four. Um, So I want to talk a little bit more about your adventures and and giving back overseas and, and running and and you know, advice for other people, and also yoga, because I know that's that's a big part of your life. The benefits, and there's, I'm sure, some misconceptions about yoga. But first, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your job description currently at work and also at home? Okay, uh, job description at work is yoga instructor and paddleboard yoga instructor. I oh. teach um, sup yoga on the river. Look up sup y'all yoga at home. That's, that's S-U-P, right? Correct. Okay. Sup, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we'll play on words. My husband came up with that. So. Nice. Um, and then at home, I guess I'd be dog walker. <laughs> one, one dog or, or numerous? One dog. Okay. One dog. Um, I clean and my husband cooks. So Okay. That's a good comp, good team effort there. You know. Um, do you have, um, what, you know, I know obviously you've been very busy the last three months, but how do you typically on a daily or weekly basis stay physically fit? Uh, yoga, running, paddleboarding, bicycling. I've always been an athlete. I've always uh, felt drawn to being active. I'm also an Aries. Uh, if you know anything about astrology, like Aries, we're very active people. Um, I just have to be moving all the time in some way, shape, or form. So okay. this makes me feel good. And yeah. Nice. And I know that um, you know doing these extreme challenges, a lot of times, whether it be running, biking, anything, you have like mantras, things that kind of you repeat in your head. Do you have any kind of uh, inspirational or spiritual motto, something that you kind of, how you live and and how you kind of inspire yourself? One thing I used to say at the end of all my classes, uh, yoga classes, is change your thoughts, change your world. And that's huge. Uh, That's what I learned a lot in therapy when I used to see a therapist. And um, in the yoga world, you know, the reason we have anxiety in depression in the first place, um, is because of our thoughts, period. Like that's what I learned. Um, we're thinking of the past, we're thinking of the future and what yoga teaches us. And when we're in these challenges, whether it's physical or just in life, if we come back to that present moment and the breath, change our thoughts, it literally changes everything. Wow. So. The changing those negative thoughts, maybe to something positive, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last one, and I know this, this tricks people up sometimes, is what is something unique about <laughs> Charlotte Gallagher? Yeah, that one was tough. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like everything I, I've done in life is pretty unique, to be honest. <laughs> um, the, one, the other thing that came to mind is I kind of grew up a carny. 
<laughs> so my, um, I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, but or no, no, that's good. <laughs> my husband, or my, I'm sorry, my my parents, um, we have a concession business. So my granddad started making candied apples back in the 50s, and then it grew into this concession business of Hawaiian ice and lemon chill and cotton candy and popcorn and donuts. And so I grew up like with my cousins, like we would work at the fairgrounds and the circus and Disney on ice and Alabama games and selling all this concession stuff. That sounds like fun as a kid. You get to to eat some of that stuff or (laughs) drink some of that as well. (laughs) It's amazing. I didn't get a hundred cavities. So, um, (laughs) but it was really fun. You you stayed in shape as well during that time. (laughs) And speaking of that, um, you know, yoga, um, I actually, um, had, um, some pretty, uh, painful injuries, uh, four or five years ago as a fairly new runner on the outside of my knee. It was an IT band. Um, I've had that. And yep. so, uh, and it's pretty painful. It feels like somebody's stabbing you on the, on the side of the knee. Mm-hmm. And so I, I looked up stuff and talked to people and, and, uh, people had recommended yoga as a way to kind of help with injury prevention and flexibility and core. And so I've been doing that off and on for years now. And, uh, it's, it's been great. It's, it's, a like a, a lifesaver, I, I would say for myself at least. So you, um, you teach yoga for a living. So tell me about, I mean, are there some, um, tell me about the benefits and misperceptions about yoga, because some people may think, well, it's just uh, kind of, uh, you know, just uh, humming and chanting and, and, uh, especially like for guys, they feel like that, oh, I don't want to do yoga. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to folks about that? Oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. So many things. Um, <laughs> take your time. I know. Ooh, okay. Um, benefits of yoga, everything. Everything. Um, when you're doing yoga, it's literally working every single system in your body at the same time. Um, your lymphatic system, your cardiovascular system, your nervous system, di- your digestive system. Um, and you think of when you, I think when we think of yoga, the social media picture pops into our head that we have to be able to already be flexible or already be at peace to do it. But flip it. You do it to become that. You right. do it to become flexible. You do it to have peace of mind. And because I grew up a runner, I mean, like I'm not this uber flexible yoga teacher at all. If you were to compare like me to say a dancer, like we have some teachers at Riverflow, they're dancers. So they can do these postures that are, that look amazing and they're beautiful and they are beautiful. Like we, sh- like yoga is intimidating. I think when you see it, cause it's like, wow, I, I can't do that. But it's what's behind the poses that matter. It's what's going on in our bodies that matters. It's the breath that matters. The breath is more important, I always say this, than any pose you'll ever do. If you're in a pose and not breathing, then you're just stagnant and we're tense and we're like stiff. But if we're breathing through it, that's when things start to shift and change and transform. Wow. And I've been teaching now for seven or eight years And I've watched so many people, whether it's in a private session or in class, if you just teach five minutes of breath, you notice an instant change in energy, like immediately every single time it works. And it literally, like you said, it's a lifesaver. It really is. It's changed people's lives in terms of how they see themselves, just getting to to know yourself better. Like, oh man, I've, I've been carrying this unnecessary tension in my body for so long but this is the way I can release it, you know, or maybe this, I've been carrying this anger around with me for so long. This is how I can release it. It's coming to the mat. And, you know, a lot of people are, um, they're nervous, right? And it's something new, like, oh, I'm nervous to come to yoga. I'm like, no, 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 come to yoga. So you don't, you're not nervous anymore. (laughs) You know, now, every time I come to my mat, it's the sigh of relief. Like you put your feet on the mat and you're just like, (sighs) because what yoga teachers job our ultimate job is to give people space, to give you space, to breathe, to feel sensations, and to just be whatever you need to be with. And we don't get that in our world, right? We're either working, we're at home with kids, with our husband, wife, we have noise all the time, 24-7 probably. So for just an hour a day, maybe 30 minutes a day to be able to come to the mat and just be in silence or listen to nice music and not have to worry about social pressures or talk or arguing or, you know, anything. Um, it just kind of, it, it chips away. I remember reading this. It, um, if you think of a sculptor, 
and they're trying to sculpt something, right? They're chipping away what doesn't need to be there until something beautiful is created. <laughs> and that's to me kind of what, that's what yoga is doing is it's chipping away what's not necessary. Cause a lot of the stuff in our head is like, it's not necessary really. Um, misconceptions, like I said, is, oh, I have to already be flexible is the huge thing, yeah. but that has really nothing to do with you it. You see people all shapes and sizes, all, all ages, right? All the time, all the time. And you can start it at any time in your life. Um, doesn't matter how old you are, your experience. Um, there's a saying, yoga is not about touching your toes. It's what you learn on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't touch your toes now, don't worry. You, don't you worry. may eventually be able to. Yeah. yeah. And I still bend my knees. Like a big misconception is, oh, I have to have like straight legs or straight everything when I'm doing this pose. Like, no, 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 no. You can bend. It's fine. Like, it's okay. Now, you know, a lot of times when I'll go, sometimes I'm one of the only males in the class. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is there, is that an issue with kind of guys having these um, kind of ideas of what yoga is about? And I can't do that move because I'm not as flexible as a woman. Is that uh, an issue that you hear a lot of times? Yes. Well, you tell me as a man, I mean, to (laughs) me, it's, um, it's an ego thing. I think they see these women doing all these poses and I think it's a competition in their head. I'm guessing a pride issue. It can be. Yes. (laughs) Like, Oh God, I don't want, I don't want these women to see me struggling. I'm supposed to be the man who's like, I got this, I can do this. So if they're seen as like sweating and just like, this is hard. Like that's, that's a big punch to a man's ego, I think. Um, But I've taught a lot of military and nine times out of 10, they love it. They love it. They love the relaxation part more than the the poses. Usually they're like, Oh, I could just lie here and like breathe. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and I, I feel like a huge thing in the military, they should have yoga once a week, like period. I think that would change so much of, um, just with injury prevention, um, with the suicide rate that can happen. Um, if they just did yoga once a week for their PT, I think that would be huge. And I know they do it occasionally, but it's not consistent. Yeah. And, and along, you know, with, with that, the, the mental health aspect and the relaxation and breathing, is there a fitness element to it? Like for somebody, if, if you're a runner, if you work out of the gym and, and, or if you're just an active person, um, what, what, uh, what can yoga do in terms of helping like with your, your core or just preventing injuries? Cause I mean, a lot of times as we get older, things don't work maybe as well in the recovery, that kind of thing. So how does yoga play a role kind of maybe as a, uh, an assistant to the fitness you're already doing? Yeah. I mean, everything like it's, if you think about it, um, if we're sedentary all the time, if we're sitting all the time, then our muscles are going to atrophy. Um, I was riding a bike, right, consistently for three months, doing the same motion with my legs over and over and over again. Uh, runners doing the same motion over and over and over. To me, we got to be able to move our bodies in these different weird contortion ways just to keep all the energy flowing through our body. You know, we have these energy centers that go up our spine and they're called chakras. And really what we're doing is we're trying to open up these energy centers because they get stuck energy gets stuck there. So you're trying to open it up. And I mean, that's what that, that, to me, it's like the, (laughs) it's a light bulb. It's like, well, I I feel stiff. Okay. Do yoga. You won't be stiff. Like (laughs) pretty much. Um, and there's definitely depending on, uh, what type of exercise you do, like tennis players, they're using the same arm over and over again. Right. So they might need to do more work on that arm and then do something different, like on the other arm. So, um, but it just ties in beautifully. I think, um, what I learned with like running, running is my moving meditation as an example. That's when I need to just like, there's some days like, I just need to run. I just need to move. Right. But then there's other days I tell myself, I just need to sit. I just need to sit. So yoga doesn't have to be this crazy sweat class. It can be restorative sitting in meditation for 10 minutes and breathing, you know, it's yoga has all these levels to it, all these different types of yoga. So I would also recommend try to go out there and find a teacher you resonate with and the type of class that you need, because there's so many different types of classes, like really competitive people. They want to do sweat class. 
yeah. because that's what they're used to. Hot yoga is, I've, I've heard it. Okay. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. but you teach, um, you know, different uh, kinds of traditional maybe yoga, but also paddleboard yoga. Tell me about that or, or, or sup y'all. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about how you do that. I mean, are you, is everybody out on their own paddleboard? Is it something you have to how do you have some uh, good balance to be able to do something like this, I assume? Um, that's, uh, I always tell people that's how you'll get better balance <laughs> yeah. is by doing it. Um, I've taught that also for about seven years um, when I moved here in 2014 on the Chattahoochee River. And um, the first time I saw it, I think I was living in Austin, Texas. I was like, oh, I have to do that. That looks awesome. <laughs> like, that's my first thought is <laughs> I want to try that for sure. Um, I fall off, like even as the instructor, like I slip and fall and it's no big deal. It just combines all the elements I love. I love being outside. I'd rather be outside than inside. Yoga, water, relaxation. It just has this beautiful package to it. Um, And it makes you concentrate more so you don't fall off. Yeah. You know, so you're really concentrating on these tiny muscles in your body. Um, Like tree pose. Tree pose is usually pretty easy for people to do. It's a one leg balance pose. When you try to do it on a board... I mean, you really have to pay attention. Um, so to me, it just makes you even stronger. And then you're out in nature, and it's this beautiful combination of all these things. And so. if, you, if you fall in, you're not going to die. You're just going nope. to get, get yep. wet. Yeah, you're going to get wet. <laughs> and we're anchored, so you just grab to the board, and you crawl back up there. That's the hardest part is just crawling back onto the board. <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking earlier about um, your husband being in the military. Uh, tell me about uh, the aspects of being a military spouse and and kind of balancing, uh, you know, um, being a wife with along with being, you know, active as a, as a yoga teacher and, and, uh, now avid bicyclist and runner. Um, you know, do you guys do fitness together or is it kind of a, a separate thing in terms of, uh, you guys running or biking together perhaps? Uh, we run together. Okay. When I say together, I mean, he's a little bit in front of me. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, he's really fast. He really likes running in the military. They make them run all the time. Um, he's like a rare breed, I think, cause he still enjoys it. And he does a lot of the big dog races. And that's the thing that we usually do together. He's not much of a cyclist. Um, he bicycling's not for him. He'll come to my yoga classes occasionally. Okay. So he'll do yoga. Um, and <laughs> I love him. He's like, my heels are touching the ground <laughs> like <laughs> in downward dog. <laughs> like, yes, babe. That's great. That's great. Um, I know, I didn't know anything about the military until I got married and moved here. Um, I'm from Birmingham. I didn't even ever heard of Columbus, Georgia until I moved here. And, um, I fell in love with the town and I respect the military for sure. Um, took me probably two years to learn all the terminology and the acronyms they use. And I actually thought of joining off and on for years myself, um, but my husband kept telling me, Charlotte, you don't like people telling you what to do. Um, that probably wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> you like your freedom. You love to do whatever you want. And I was like, that's very true. So yeah. hence my own deployment on this bicycling journey. Exactly. <laughs> um, it works for us, though. I think it really works well. Um, my husband and I have known each other since we were 17 years old. Okay. All right. So almost 20 years, which is crazy. Um, but we didn't get we've only been married for six years. Okay. Um, and he supports me through and through, through everything that I do. Um, when I told him I wanted to do this, he was like, I know who I married. (laughs) And then I got the question a lot. Um, your husband let you do this. I was like, Oh, 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 let, let, yeah, let, Mm. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, definitely communicate obviously with your partner, but you know, you shouldn't have to ask permission to go after your dreams. Yeah. Um, he supported me the whole time. I would text him every night where I was, what, you know, and we would talk and stay in contact. Um, but, but yeah, it's been a learning experience with the army for sure. He gets to go on his deployment. So I was like, I'm going on mine. <laughs> it's, it's give and take with the military and, and with a marriage as well. And, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about mental health in the military and how yoga can help. And, and one of the causes, uh, you raise money for three different causes, uh, at least a thousand dollars for each. And the last one being stop soldier suicide. So tell me about, um, your passion there and how important you think, that issue is because sometimes it's just, you know, kind of people don't want to maybe talk about that because it's, you know, so tragic, but it's happening, unfortunately, way too often. Yes. Um, Yeah. So just from my own research, um, 
a lot of veterans, you know, commit suicide. I think it's a big issue when they leave the military and they don't know what to do with themselves. They feel like they've lost their purpose. Um, Or when they come back from a deployment, I think especially when we had more wars going on over in the Middle East and they'd come back. And what I've heard is they do go through this psychological assessment, like, are you okay? Most men, they're going to say, I'm fine. You know, I think it's harder for men, you tell me if I'm wrong here, to talk about their feelings. It can be, yeah. Um, depending, of course, on the individual. And then things just start to build up. And it's a paper trail, too. If a soldier tells a psychologist, I'm not feeling well, I'm depressed, this is happening, then that can go on their record. And that doesn't look good. So then, unfortunately, like, they might commit suicide. So to me... Again, like I feel like yoga is huge. Um, Stop soldier suicide. If you research what they do, um, yoga is a big part of it. But they individually assess each person to see what they need. You know, whether it's talk therapy, um, any other sort of healing modalities that will help them. And I want to say like forty percent of the people they see um, have a reduced rate after thirty days. Wow. Um, and I've a friend of mine actually her. Her husband almost committed suicide, but he got help. Um, and then I've just heard through the grapevine of other people doing it. Wow. And so, um, you know, what kind of reaction did you get, you know, when you were raising money and bicycling across America and in these last, that last month you were, obviously this was a military cause. Did you talk to a lot of people about that issue or did, were people, um, you know, uh, just kind of freely giving because they were passionate about it as well? Yes. Um, mainly people who just respect the military and they understand it's a big issue. Um, and to me, some of the key answers to helping prevent it is, is movement and exercise and breathing and slowing down and going after your dreams and realizing that you do have a purpose. You know, if you're in this world and still breathing, then you have a purpose. Um, and it's okay when you go out there to pursue a dream or a purpose and it's messy, right? I mean, I wasn't much of a cyclist going into this and I definitely fell over and it was really messy for, for a while. Um, but you just have to go out there and do it. It doesn't have to look perfect. You know, I think we have this idea in our heads before we start anything. We'll have to already be perfect at this to do it. And then we don't go for it because of that thought. Um, but we have to just jump in and, and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Carpe diem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Live life to the fullest. And you talk about purpose and, and uh, I know you, you told me, you know, kind of off air, uh, that you've, uh, you know, you, you love traveling adventures and going different places. Um, so I know you talked about volunteering, uh, twice with all hands and hearts during hurricane cleanup in St. Thomas and also, um, doing, uh, different things in, in terms of, uh, um, also teaching English as a second language overseas. So tell me about uh, those things and, and what you learned, um, kind of going somewhere else, you know, um, outside of America and uh, just learning about that culture, but also kind of gaining maybe a new perspective while you were helping others. Yeah, for sure. Um, the teaching English I did a, a while ago, actually, uh, 2008, I taught in Mexico and loved it. English was my other favorite subject besides writing. And I was like, ooh, combining travel with teaching English? Okay, sign me up. My family grew up going to the Caribbean all the time. And the ocean is just near and dear to my heart. And I love the Caribbean. It is so beautiful. If you've never been, go, go, go. Once we can travel again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, when the hurricane hit down there, um, I was like, I want to go help. Like, I want to go help clean this up. And that'd be a great way to give back. So found this organization called All Hands and Hearts, and they've really grown over the years. Uh, Definitely look them up if you're looking to do hurricane cleanup relief. And what's cool about them is you can stay anywhere from a week to months. You choose how long you want to stay. You don't have to know anything going in at all. They teach you everything when you get there. Uh, You muck and gut houses. Had no idea what that was. You're literally just emptying a house out. You're breaking down the drywall and using hammers and just tools like you might never use before you're drilling out, um, screws and you have to wear Tyvek cause there's, um, uh, mold and asbestos and you have to make sure you're protected from all that. 
Um, so I learned all that on the fly when I went down to St. Thomas and it was so satisfying though, to just like see yourself do the, these things and then pick up and just clean out all this gunk, you know, that feeling of like, I finally cleaned out this drawer. I finally cleaned out my bathroom or I finally cleaned out. And it was literally a relief and knowing, okay, I helped these people. Yeah. Um, the second time I went back, my husband came with me, which was cool. Nice. Um, a few years ago we went during Thanksgiving and we went for two weeks St. Thomas, same place, and I actually went back to a, a house that I had helped um, the year prior. They were still working on this man's house, actually. They were in the rebuilding phase the second time we went back. Wow. So the rebuilding phase was all about, like, let's rebuild the roof, let's rebuild the walls, let's rebuild the cabinets. Charlotte learned that she is more of a muck and gutter. The building stuff, I got really frustrated with really fast. Um, takes a lot of patience. You have to measure things and... That wasn't for me. My husband was great at it. He like really excelled and loved it. Um, so I know when I do it again, because I definitely want to do it again, is I'll go back when a hurricane, after a hurricane like actually hits and just clean out all the houses. We all have our, our different skills and, 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 <laughs> and help and helping other people can really help yourself. And, and you were talking earlier about how how movement uh, can really help you know rescue you or help help you. Uh, get better with your mental health. You talked about your issues with anxiety and depression. Um, what was running a, a big part of that too, in, in terms of like you said, you went to, to counseling and, um, but was, was running kind of therapeutic for you well, as well, maybe still is. Oh, for sure. Um, first time I ran was in high school and I was actually put on a beta blocker when I was 13 years old, um, because of my anxiety. It was so bad. And then when I r started running, I realized I'm getting my energy out. And I didn't need the medicine anymore. Um, another thing I've learned about anxiety and depression is it's energy against all energy that's built up that we need to release. And the more I was running, the more I was taking care of what I was eating, what I was drinking. I mean, that shifted everything. Um, and so whether it's running, biking, yoga, it's movement regardless, you know, and it's going to make changes in our bodies. It's going to shift everything. Now that you've bicycled, uh, you know, uh, biked uh, more than three thousand miles <laughs> over the uh, the COVID summer, right. um, do you do you like? You know, well, maybe I'll take a break from the bike and do some more running. Uh, maybe because I know you've done marathons before and, and different five Ks and challenges. So maybe do you or or do, or maybe you've fallen more in love with with biking. I did fall in love with biking actually. Um, I liked like you said, yeah, it band issue. I will say with running, I do have an IT band issue and I have to kind of watch that when I run now. You have the impact uh, hitting the ground. Right. Yes. Um, and I know good running form. Like I know how to run properly. Um, but with biking, you're not putting any stress on your joints, you know? So, um, there's, there's, I remember though biking, sometimes I'd get off the bike and I'm like, I just need to walk. I just need to walk. <laughs> and it felt so good just to walk and I actually ran five miles the other morning and I'm sore from it because <laughs> I haven't done it in three months. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think it just every day you can choose what you want to do. That's, I think that's the beauty of exercise. You don't have to stick to just one. If you find the one thing you love, if it's CrossFit, great. Like go for it. If it's running, great. Cause I know the running community, like they are avid runners and I have to say, I am so inspired. I've been inspired by all the sub communities here, you know, watching the, the big dog runners, there's groups that get up at 5 a.m. and they run every morning at 5 a.m. Yeah. And Charlotte likes to sleep, so I'm usually not at those 5 a.m. Yeah, they can have that. <laughs> right. But it's still inspiring just seeing this happen. Um, and then the cycling community with Ride on Bikes and, you know, all the triathlons that happen here. Um, all of that had to do with me doing this. You know, run across Georgia, hearing that happening. Like, it was all this buildup, I think, to helping me choose to do this challenge, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you inspired many people with your 3000 mile bicycle ride and, and, uh, we're going to, you know, we've done uh, a recently a story about you finishing on WTVM. We're going to have a military matter story on you too, about uh, raising money for, uh, you know, to help with soldier awareness, uh, for suicide. So we appreciate that. But, uh, but I know you're, you're, um, glad you're back home, I'm sure. And, uh, getting some hopefully much needed rest and recovery, right? I am. Yeah. I slept for like 12 solid hours the other day and a lot of naps and I never do naps. So I've been yeah. resting a lot and 
trying to figure out what to do next. So. No, oh, <laughs> no Google Maps needed to find out where you're going to sleep right now, at least. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, make sure to let us know when your next adventure is, and we'll uh, we'll follow along for sure. Awesome. All right. Thanks Thank so much. You. Uh, thanks, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> I love Charlotte's attitude, just so positive. I mean, she's been through the ringer in terms of anxiety and, and bouts of depression and uh, has used yoga and uh, her faith in herself and other people as a way to kind of climb out of, of, of that valley. And now um, just, you know, kind of uh, going after that dream that she had a few years ago of riding her bicycle across the USA, raising money for these great causes, including Stop Soldier Suicide, uh, with her being a military spouse as well. Uh, just really, you know, um, great to see her do that. Inspiring. And she said, and she gave a, a few steps. If you want to ever do a cross-country bike packing trip, as she calls it, here's the, here's the list of 10 for you, okay? So, so get your pen and paper. Uh, she says, write down the idea. That's the first thing. She did that in her journal. Know how to ride a bike. That's simple enough. Learn basic backpacking and camping skills. Research what to bring. Number four, research the routes. And the fifth one, research what type of bike or tires you'd like to use. Know the basic mechanics there. Ask questions to others who have completed a tour. Practice riding up hills with that weight. Again, she had about 30 pounds on her, her pack, all her gear. She was self-supported. Number eight, simply go for it. Number nine, take it one day, one ride at a time. And finally, learn as you go and be prepared to go with the flow. So uh, some great advice from Charlotte Gallagher there. We appreciate her joining us. I know she's resting up, recovering uh, from her uh, 3,000 miles across our nation. Turning now to our final segments, um, including, you know, parting gift. And, and, you know, we're talking about adventures here. um, And, uh, you know, the Bible has tons of adventures in there. So our parting gift is a quote from Genesis 1-1. In the Bible, it says, quote, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're meant to go out and see the world and, and see, you know, the, the, the country. And uh, she got to see it uh, just from her bike along the way from Portland, Oregon, all the way back to uh, Alabama and Georgia, where she's from. And so I encourage you, you know, find a way to do that with your family, with vacations or anything else. And, uh, you know, God created this, the, the beautiful earth and beautiful heavens that hopefully many of us will get to go to uh, after we pass away. And here is our one of our final segments as well, Food for Thought, which uh, deals with uh, bicycling and uh, what it means to your fitness and also your faith and mindset. I found some interesting information on WebMD about biking. This is an article by Kara Mayer-Robinson. She talks about biking being a great cardio workout. You burn about 400 calories an hour. It strengthens your lower body, uh, like your legs, hips, and glutes. And it's, it's also gentle on your back um, and your hips and your knees and your ankles. So it's low impact, maybe kind of uh, as, as a, a different alternative to running. If you're a beginner, they, she says, choose a flat bike path or road. Uh, if you want a tougher workout, try uh, mountain biking for your upper body and core. Cycling definitely gets your heart rate up almost as much as running and burn a lot of calories, of course. Very aerobic and, and strength-oriented. And if you're overweight, biking is a great option, she says, because it's not a weight-bearing activity. It can also improve your heart health, and you can bike really year-round, outdoor or indoor cycling. Always wear a helmet when you go outdoors to prevent those head injuries, for sure. And so there's some great advice from WebMD. On the uh, faith side of things, uh, an article from Sports Spectrum titled Teen Cross-Country Cyclist Scotty Parker Changing the World as a Water Mission Ambassador. So back in the summer of 2017, to give you some context, this is a a 13-year-old, Scotty Parker. He biked more than a 3,000 miles as well across the U.S. to raise support for water mission. And this is uh, really in honor of and for the 2.2 billion people around the world that lack safe drinking water. So this is a visionary teenager. He's now 16 years old, sharing his story. So this is him in his own words. Um, And back when he was 8 years old, he had a birthday where, um, you know, he's asking for presents, asked for his friends to bring money they would have spent, and he raised more than $600 for this cause that he was he was interested in. So then when he was 10 years old, he did a bike ride across South Carolina. He realized there were kids 
Uh, because of drinking contaminated water, kids around the world still getting sick and dying. So he said, well, I'm going to ride my bike across South Carolina. So this was called Scotty's Ride for Water. And uh, for his 10th birthday, he ended up uh, raising 20, uh, he wanted to raise about $25,000. He ended up raising more than $70,000, enough to provide safe water for two communities in Honduras and a community in Africa. Well, a year later, when he was 11, he actually ended up going to Honduras, meeting some children there, uh, meeting people who benefited from the clean, safe water and didn't really know about the impact until he saw it. He got to visit a school and try some of the, you know, the drinking water to show that it was fine. And uh, it really set him on fire for missions even more. Then he, when he was 13 years old, he did that cross-country bike ride, uh, hopefully to change and save lives. And uh, so he rode across the country at age 13, 3,300 miles from California to South Carolina through heat, rain, busted bike tires, uh, a lot of up and down terrain. And um, so uh, it's, it's been amazing. He received more than $630,000 in gifts for Safe Water through that 3,000-mile journey. And uh, now three years later, he's still speaking at youth groups, churches, and schools, sharing his story. And uh, he says at the end, quote, but if we can get back to that childlike faith, the possibilities are limitless because God has the power to move in every way possible. You've got to let him out of the box you put him in. Let God move and have faith that he can, and he can, trust me. Great words from now 16-year-old Scotty Parker, inspiring. He also, along with Charlotte Gallagher, uh, biking more than 3,000 miles across our great country. Well, go to WTVM.com slash podcast if you'd like to listen to any of the previous 39 episodes. Uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. It's also Apple Podcasts. And if you go to the page there uh, on Apple and go to the very, very bottom after you see all the episodes, there's a, a place there where you can give it a five-star review and also write a quick uh, um, you know, review. If you want to you know, give me a couple sentences, whatever you think, if you like it, hate it, whatever, you know, kind of let us know. Uh, again, for the Run the Race podcast and tell your friends about it as well. Uh, We're going to close now in prayer. Dear God, just uh, thank you for this time together and for uh, teaching us about adventures, that uh, Jesus, you were the one that uh, is the most adventurous and uh, live your life to the fullest and uh, giving so much to others, Lord God, and not looking for anything in return. And God, we just give you glory and and, uh, just keep us safe as we go out and do things, whether it be biking, running, or anything else, and that we learn to do it for a cause greater than ourselves. And uh, God, just uh, we continue praying for our nation as we're just about a month and a half away from the election. Pray for our leaders, pray for the voters, and that everybody can uh, um, bring have unity together as we uh, are in this tumultuous time. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, uh, thank you for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. And it's been a great run so far. We've been at this for almost 11 months, uh, 40 episodes down, and uh, maybe dozens or hundreds more to go. So uh, feel free to uh, listen to any past episodes. And, uh, and send me an email, jdennis at wtvm.com. If you have any suggestions or anything you'd like to hear about or anybody you'd like me to interview uh, related to faith and fitness. Have a great night, everybody.